0: Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty, a wife and mom of three and author of the Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. I'm also the lead teacher, blogger, and owner of TraditionalCookingSchool.com. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast devoted to healthy family cooking with traditional methods like sourdough and old-fashioned pickling. These foods are easy, delicious, healing, and your family will love them. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free gift for you. Five free traditional cooking videos from Inside Traditional Cooking School that will introduce you to my favorite fundamental techniques of traditional cooking. To start watching today, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com watch. And now let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. This is episode 162. I want to give a big warm welcome to the live audience who's here with me on Periscope at Trad Cook School. So, if you're watching this replay later and you want to get in on the fun, just go to the Periscope app or periscope.tv in your browser and you're looking for Trad Cook School. That's my handle. In the browser, it's periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. Sometime on Thursdays is usually when I hop on here to do a live recording, and it's very fun to have you here in the comments. If you are listening to this later, perhaps you're listening, you can switch to the video replay and or get the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com 162. So I'll have the written-out notes of everything I'm sharing now plus any links I'm mentioning and the two versions of this podcast, audio or video embedded for you there. So feel free to check that out. Again, that's at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 162. So we are talking today about how to overcome the sugar addiction. Overcoming a sugar addiction is huge, and I feel like it's about time that we talked about it. For myself, I have been there a number of years ago having to break it, and I've actually had to break it a couple times, so I'm speaking from experience. Um, And I've been polling our live audience here. If you're here with me on Periscope, welcome to you. And we've got a lot of people in the comments who just recently gave some thumbs down to show that yes, they need this. So if you're one of those, um, just my prayers and thoughts are with you. And I hope that the tips that I'm going to share today will help you because overcoming a sugar addiction is very, very important, very worthwhile. It can be difficult, but um, it's so worth it. So let's start with some groundwork here. And by the way, I just want to mention again, that if you are listening to this later, visit the show notes for a recap of everything that I'm going to share, both print Um, an audio version, and a video version. And that's at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 162. All right, so what is the problem with sugar anyway? Well, today, this is startling. Today, most people eat between 90 and 180 pounds of sugar every day, sorry, every year. (laughs) That's like a quarter to a half pound each day. And you get this sugar in nearly every prepared food that's on the market. Even the bread at Subway contains sugar. Um, high fructose corn syrup as you probably all know is widely rampant as one of the most highly consumed, most readily available and cheapest forms of sugar out there. That's because it's very sweet. It's also very cheap. So a lot of food, food manufacturers are just loading it into their foods. And maybe I'll go out on a limb here and say that they do have a, You know, they're wanting to make money and part of that money machine is getting us addicted. And so, um, sugar is one of those addictive foods that, I, I think they full well know that they're putting in the foods and people are eating and then just have to come back for more. So it's cheap for them. It's sweet for the public, but it's also addictive and that's good for their bottom line. Now I don't want to get too off onto that negative spin, but clearly this is an issue. Now contrast the 90 to 180 pounds of sugar each day with what people did hundred years ago. They ate five to seven pounds of sweeteners per year. So five to seven per year pounds versus 90 to 180 today. That's a huge difference. And today is the high fructose corn syrup. Well, guess what they were eating back then? It was mostly natural sweeteners. And the people um, 100 years ago, you know, great, great, great grandmother's time, uh, they were much healthier. Now, there are more factors involved with their health than just sweeteners, but I believe that sweeteners and the... um, Just the drastic, smaller volume that they consumed had a huge part in the overall health of them. Thank you for the hearts, and thank you for sharing and coming in. I want to welcome anybody who's joining us a little now, as we're already starting this this broadcast of Know Your Food With Wordy podcast. Welcome to you. We're talking about ways to overcome a sugar addiction, and I'm explaining the history here. Now, let's just talk just a moment about natural sweeteners versus industrial sweeteners like the high fructose corn syrup or white sugar. The natural sweeteners are better. Um, Overall, they contain minerals and some that are raw, like unfiltered honey, have antibacterial and other beneficial properties. However, sweeteners are sweeteners and a high consumption of sweeteners is not good for anybody, even if they're natural. So for our overall health, it's best to back way, way off on the sweets. And when you do eat sweets to choose natural sweeteners. So how much is too much? Well, that definitely is a personal thing you've got to, you know, work out. And one of my points a bit later is going to address that. So, you know, breaking a sugar addiction could mean you never have sugar again for the rest of your life, or it could mean you do it moderately. But the the point that we're going to talk about today is to get you off sugar, to overcome the sugar addiction, to break the sugar habit. So, um, It's also important because I talked to you about how 100 years ago they ate way less sweeteners. They were much more healthy. Well, today we consume those 90 to 180 pounds a year, most people. Um, What does it do anyway? I mean, that's a number, but what does it do? What's wrong with it? Well, the biggie with eating a lot of sugars is it makes us fat. Because when you eat sugar, your blood sugar levels rise, your pancreas sends out insulin to grab up the extra sugar in the blood, it converts it to glycogen for storage, and then your liver uses the glycogen for fuel instead of transferring fat out of your fat cells. So basically you're just um, using the sugar that you eat to burn instead of burning you know, your, your, the fat in your fat cells, if that makes sense. Now, there's other things that sugar does to your body, and it's very scary, actually. So sugar suppresses your immune system, upsets your mineral relationships in your body, and upset mineral relationships can have drastic effects from uh, like especially tooth decay, cavities, muscle cramps, muscle aches. or uh, excess sugar produces an acidic digestive tract, causes tooth decay, causes food allergies. It lowers your enzyme's ability to function, causes headaches, including migraines, causes depression, fatigue, moodiness, and nervousness. Are you all he- you know thinking of yourself or people you know when you're looking at this list? can cause hormone imbalances. It's an addictive substance as we already talked about. It can exacerbate the symptoms of PMS. So if you're a woman with PMS, you know, who wants that to be worse? Um, a decrease in sugar can cause emotional instability. If you're on the addiction train and you decrease, you can be emotional, emotionally unstable, unstable because you're addicted and you're not getting that drip of sugar that your body has been addicted to. Um, if you're addicted to sugar, having a lot of sugar, it can increase the amount of food a person eats overall um, it induces salt and water retention and can cause constipation. So that's quite a laundry list of bad effects that sugar can have. So I think we would all agree, and you guys can, who are live with me, you can um, tap the screen with hearts if you do agree, that we would be better off if we consumed much less sugar. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing the heart flowing. So we need to break this sugar addiction. So that's why I want to get into the tips and ways of overcoming sugar addiction. That's the point of this podcast. Oh, first I wanted to say, oh, hi, Kim, in the comments. She gave up sugar eight weeks ago. Good for you. And Trisha commented earlier that she's been off sugar for four weeks. So you guys are doing awesome. First, I wanted to say one of the saddest things I see, maybe you guys will agree, is when I'm at the grocery store... And I'm not going to say our grocery cart is perfect, but we're loading up on whole grains and natural foods from the bulk bins and pastured meats, um, veggies, organic dairy, good eggs. Anyway, um, the saddest thing that I see is other grocery carts. And I also see little children with like, lollipop stains around their mouths. Or I see they're in the cart and they're snacking on sugary treats that a mom might have picked up in the store. Or the cart is just filled with treats, chips and cookies and candies and crackers. And I think, oh, I just feel so badly for that little five-year-old or four-year-old that that's what they're eating day to day. It's like, I don't want that child uh, to start life that way. It's so hard. Um, Amy is saying she sees carts full of ego waffles, cereals and cookies agreed. yes. Uh, ramen noodles. I know ramen probably has sugar in it. I don't know, but anyway, you guys are ag- agreeing. Grace is saying, oh my goodness, those carts make me sad too. Wish I could say something. I know. How do you say it? Uh, so anyway, yeah, it really makes me sad. I wish I could I wish I could help those little kids. but so we're going to talk now about how to overcome the sugar addiction so basically at the outset you have two uh, choices okay you can do it slow or you can do it cold turkey and I'm personally a fan of cold turkey because I think that breaking a sugar addiction sugar is sugar and you got to get over that hump if you go through withdrawal or whatever get over it get over to the other side and that you're going to be far better off if you just cut it out we've seen two commenters Kim And, uh, Trisha, who've done it cold Turkey. It sounds like just giving it up. So the sooner you do that, the sooner you're on the other side. Um, and if you have to do it slow, like commenter Kayleen is saying, uh, she needs to do it slow. That's definitely an option. You can wean over time. You can wean certain foods. Like maybe what you need to do is, um, give up soda or give up ice cream or you know, something that's sugar laden that you have way too much, give that give that up first and work backward. Whatever, um, whatever method you choose, cold turkey or doing it slow, both are valid. You don't feel like you have to choose what everybody else does. You want to choose it and you want to commit to it. And so here are some things that will help you while you're weaning or going cold turkey. And I have five tips for you. The first one is to help you is... Be busy, not bored. Make sure that you have things to do. Like if you need to plan out this breaking the sugar addiction, uh, do it at a time when you know you're going to be busy. Your hands and your mind, you're going to have things to occupy yourself. Because boredom makes any diet change harder. Uh, when you're bored, you start thinking about those chocolate chips in the freezer and that soda and you know whatever else might be in the cupboards. So be busy, not bored. Um, number two has to do with the food choices in your house. So you want to fill up with the good things. And I'm talking about veggies and good protein and meats, broth, good fats, real fats, not margarine or Crisco, but butter, coconut oil. And you also want to, if you have those lingering things in the house that are gonna be too tempting for you, don't bake them and get them out of your cupboard. So that's why number two is to fill up the house with good choices and get those bad ones out of there so that you're not tempted, but you're also filling up. Uh, this tip has two parts to it, if you noticed. One is the filling up with the good stuff, really, and you're eating that. That nourishes your body down to your cells, and you're sated you're satiated that means satisfied so you're less likely to crave if your body is truly truly nourished if you fill up with empty calories you have these cravings and I believe that's your body saying I need vitamins and minerals and fats and protein give me something that I really need those are what our cravings often are so if you're filling up with the good food that have that nutrition you're less likely to crave the other part to this is getting rid of the, those, those strongholds, those chocolate chips or whatever it is that would be calling to you. When you get rid of that, you simply can't fall into temptation when you know uh, emotional trauma or upheaval or you know even the smallest thing can set you off. And if you normally fed that instability with a craving, you're likely to do it. So get that stuff out and fill up your house and your body with the good stuff. That's number two. Uh, number three is... Like I was talking about emotional instability or emotional upheavals, so often we turn to food to medicate that. We often turn to food as well when we're happy or celebrating. So why don't we remove those sugary things from that emotional equation? So reward yourself with something other than sugar or sweets. And I'm talking about if you're upset, don't reward yourself with sugary treats. If you're happy, don't reward yourself with sugary treats. Do something different. Feed your emotions differently. It could be a date night. It could be a special movie. It could be um, you want to start a new hobby, and so you're saving money, and you reward yourself when you've done really well on this journey by purchasing that that supply you need. If it's wool or fabric or thread or if it's a tool you need. Reward yourself in non-food ways. Um, Medicate yourself in non-food ways. It could also be um, if you feel yourself emotionally upset or emotionally happy, uh, the reward could be something as simple as going out in the sunshine and soaking up some vitamin D, Um, just enjoying nature and the beauty that surrounds you and God's gifts that way. It could be praying or reading your Bible or some other book that you enjoy reading, good fiction, something that feeds you emotionally so you're not turning to food. So that was number three about the rewards and both, um, both rewards for uh, you know, the things we might be upset and we would normally reward, us, reward ourselves with sugar and the rewards where it's really good uh, and we would normally reward ourselves with sugar. Don't, don't forget either side of that. And you guys are just filling up the comments with all these ideas. I love it. Okay, so number four, I recommend that you keep a food journal. Now, this is probably optional and I know not everyone is inclined to do lists, but if you have a food journal and you take this journey... And maybe for a few days, you're gonna go through withdrawal symptoms, you know, of breaking the sugar addiction, headaches, crankiness, aches and pains, extra tired. Um, But after you break through those first three days, you're gonna start experiencing like amazing physical results. You're gonna feel energy, you're gonna feel clarity and focus in your mind, you're gonna feel emotional stability, better connection with your loved ones, more productive with the handwork, the things that. Uh, God has given you to do. So document it. And the reason I want you to document it is so that, um, when you're having a rough day in the future, you can look back and you can look at all the good things that are happening to you and you have even more motivation to stick with it and keep it up. Um, and other things that could happen, I wrote down your skin could clear up, your digestion could be better. There's so many th- good things that could happen. And when you document them, you can keep them top of mind, fresh of mind. I even say if there's a certain you know, cupboard in the kitchen that you would habitually go to to take food, you know, take a treat out, put your list right there <laughs> so that you see it when you're headed for the chocolate chip cupboard. Keep it as a prominent reminder if you need to of how far you've come so that you can um, you know, not slide backward. We do need to have grace on ourselves though. There's a lot of grace in this whole equation. Okay. And so number five, this is my final tip. And it's sort of for after you've broken the sugar addiction, what do you do? So from here on out, I'm going to say to eat sugar in moderation. And I think my view of moderation is probably, you know, in line with how people ate hundred years ago. Like what did we say? I mean, it's so low. It's scary. Um, five to seven pounds of sweeteners per year is what people 100 years ago ate. So in moderation means very, very little. So from here on out, eat in moderation, if at all. You might might know yourself that if you take even some sweet, that you will slide backward. You might know yourself that you're a pretty strong um, person who can Be disciplined and regimented and having a a piece of cake once a week is not going to be a problem for you. You have to decide what you can handle. So that could be a weekly dessert. It could be not at all. I do want to warn you and those of you like Kim and Tricia and others who are saying you've um, broken your sugar habit. I do want to warn you that once you break your sugar habit, the things that you used to crave and used to eat taste so much sweeter than you remember. In fact, this is my, this is my experience. We ate traditional foods. We eat real foods. I make homemade treats and homemade ice cream and things. And I don't have them very much at all. Um, we don't bake treats very often at all. But when we do, they are so much more satisfying than anything we could buy. Like sometimes it's like, you know, it's a busy summer day. We've been at the river. The kids are like, can we get ice cream on the way home? I'm I'm like, sure. So we get a carton of Umpqua ice cream or whatever is the best that the grocery store has. Definitely is a concession. Um, Anyway, we bring it home and we break it open. Everybody has a bowl and I'll tell you, it is simply not satisfying to me. It is so sweet. All I taste is sweet. I don't taste the fruit in it. I don't taste the vanilla in it. I don't taste the chocolate. I don't taste the caramel. Whatever is in it, I do not taste. I only taste sugar because it is so, so sweet. So I'm warning you that as your tastes change, you will likely, and this is a good thing, be extremely unsatisfied with the things that you used to crave and eat. Another thing you can do in considering the, um, the whole moderation, if you can do it, Um, is to consider stevia. Stevia is a very sweet herb that is not sugar. So it's not providing um, any kind of sugar molecules in terms of calories. It just has a sweet taste and it's very, very concentrated. Use just a tiny bit. The brand that I like the most is Sweet Leaf brand. I'll have a link for you at the show notes, which is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 162 for episode 162. Um, Anyway, This is something you want to explore for yourself. So some people say, like, this is this is me. I have stevia a few times a week, and it doesn't make me doesn't bring back any cravings for me for sweets. I've broken with sweets. I don't crave sweets. Um, Other people say if they have stevia, it brings back that hankering for a sweet taste, so they still can't do it. So that's just something that you need to explore for yourself. Like if you wanted to do it moderately, but you really didn't want to have. you know, sugar, sugar, maybe stevia would be an option. I've seen in the comments, first of all, I've gone through the five tips that I wanted to share. So I'm going to um, rehash them. One is to be busy, not bored. Two is fill up with veggies, good protein, meats, broth, and fat, and get out the stuff that would be tempting to you, the empty calories that might be in your house now, get those out of your house. Three is to reward yourself emotionally with something other than sweets. And these are for the emotional ups or downs. Four is to keep a food journal so you can remind yourself of your progress and how far you've come so that you're not gonna go back. And five is from here on out to eat sugar sweets in moderation, which is very, very small amounts, if at all. So those were the five tips for overcoming sugar addiction. And I've seen in the comments, people have been asking about natural sweeteners. Well, I off the top of my head, I'll just list some natural sweeteners, honey, maple syrup, coconut, palm sugar, sucanata rapadura, which are very lightly refined, you know, almost unrefined sugar cane. Um, and you know, there's date sugar, maple sugar, but that's dehydrated maple syrup. Anyway, those are natural sweeteners and sugars have different, you know, molecular, um, structures. Now I'd have to have my husband here to be able to tell you, but you know, there's glucose and there's sucrose and there's anyway, um, They are all sugar though. So that's why I started out the podcast by saying natural sweeteners are better than industrial sweeteners than like high fructose corn syrup or white sugar, but sugar is still sugar and we should not be consuming 90 to 180 pounds a year. That's what the average American consumes. So whether you're eating natural sweeteners or you're eating high fructose corn syrup, it's all sugar. Now, the high fructose corn syrup is worse, but it's all sugar and they can all have the detrimental effects on your health that I mentioned at the top of this podcast. So we got to cut it all back. Now, if I was to choose sweeteners, and we do have sweeteners in moderation in our home, I'm choosing local honey and maple syrup. That's what we're having for the most part when we sweeten things. Um, so yeah, those are the sweeteners I love, but I don't, I don't love going overboard on them. Our family doesn't go overboard on them because it's not good for us. Even if it's natural, um, you can still go overboard. So sugar is sugar and (laughs) yeah, in the comments, it's almost as bad as crack. (laughs) I mean, we can go overboard on so many things that in moderation are good for us, but having a ton of them is just not. And you know many common kitchen ingredients are like that, and sugar is one of them. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. I want to encourage you that if you are already working on overcoming the sugar addiction, that you keep at it. If you've been convicted today through all the bad effects that I shared at the top of the podcast, if you've been convicted that you need to, then I want you to know that I'm here for you, and I'd love for you to go to the show notes which will be available if you're listening to this as a replay, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 162 and just leave a very brief comment with your name and maybe a little bit about your situation and just say, you know, I am going to break my sugar habit and let me know how I can help. At very least, I'll put you on my prayer list and I'll pray for you every day as you do it. Um, So that's it. I can take a question or two before we wrap up. Are there any other questions? I caught the one about natural sweeteners and local honey. Were there any other questions? You're so welcome, Susie. I'm so glad you're here. You guys have been very, very busy in the comments too. I simply couldn't keep up. (laughs) You are so welcome. Great. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. So with that, I'm going to say God bless you. Go break that sugar addiction. And even if you don't comment at the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 162, I will pray for you Um, just because I'm just going to pray in general for everybody who is listening. And it's so important, I think, for all of us to do it, whether you're on the journey or you're about to begin. Yes. And let me also wrap up by inviting you, if you haven't already checked out my free traditional cooking video series at traditionalcookingschool.com. That's at tradcookschool.com slash watch. It's five free videos from inside premium traditional cooking school. There's no uh, obligation to continue further. It just gives you an idea of what we do. And I give you an introduction to the fundamental techniques of traditional cooking that have really transformed my family's health from increasing our energy, to um, healing from seasonal allergies, to healing from eczema and other food allergies. So come on by and pick that up. Again, it's five videos, tradcookschool.com slash watch. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you'll come back again. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode and get links and more resources about today's topic, just visit knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash and then without a space type the number of this episode you can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com slash watch to get five free traditional cooking videos from me it's a gift you can subscribe to this podcast on itunes the podcast app or stitcher if you're on a mobile device just search for know your food with Wardy while you're in the app If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments, and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested will find this podcast too. Thank you so much, and God bless you.